1: This is the Unplayable Podcast. Sam Ferris here, and on today's episode, we chat to Australia all-rounder Ashton Agar about Monday's first T20 International in Christchurch and how the tour is going so far. But before we get to Ash, just a quick reminder, there are still stacks of domestic cricket being played in Australia. The Marsh Sheffield Shield and Marsh One Day Cup are back in action, while the WNCL is up and running after a delayed start. For all things on the women's game, subscribe to the Scoop podcast and be sure to head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app where you can live stream all the games. All right, let's hear from Ash and Agar. Ash, thanks for coming on the Unplayable podcast. It wasn't the start the Aussies wanted in Christchurch going down by 53 runs. But first of all, how is it back being out there playing cricket in your first game since December?
2: Yeah, I was definitely a bit nervous. Um, you know, in the whole lead up to the game, we had obviously 14 days of quarantine and then um, a really long day when you have a an evening game. Um, but it was nice to get out there. I was really lucky to get a catch early on and get straight into the game. Um, and then once I did that, I felt quite nice and the ball felt really good in the hands. Um, not the result that we would have liked, but that happens. The guys are in good spirits. We've got a really good group now who's who's played a fair bit of cricket together. So um, move on to the next game and hopefully we can play a bit better.
1: Before we get to the game, what was the first thing you did when you got out of quarantine? I think was it was like eight o'clock, uh, your time over there. What was the first thing you did?
2: It was um, literally the whole team got together. Um, we went and had a bit of, bit of food and a beer. Um, and that was so nice, so refreshing to you know, breathe the outside air together, um, catch up as a team in a, in a setting that wasn't at training or in the fresh air zone that we had at our quarantine hotel. So just to do something really normal, um, you realise that, yeah, maybe there are times you, you take that stuff for granted um, in everyday life. So to, to do that was quality and it put everyone in a really nice headspace, I think.
1: And did uh, the skipper Aaron Finch cover the bill or did he do a Tim Payne? No,
2: nah, he always does. Finch is very generous like that. I'll give him that. Um, he's always the first one to, to buy a drink for everyone. So uh, yeah, I can't fault that.
1: He's making the good use of the captain's allowance. Good on you, Aaron. Um,
2: yeah, he's a good man.
1: Yourself, uh, uh, Ash, none for 20 off two, twenty three 23 with a bat. How do you think you fared in your comeback game?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Um, My plans are really good with the ball. They played a couple of good sweep shots and that's how it goes. A couple of them go for four. You know, next game they might go to fielders and you go for eight or 12 runs less and that's kind of what happens. So um, I've reflected on that already and I'm pretty optimistic. Um, It was really nice to get a couple of balls out of the screws though with the bat. I think when you haven't played for a long time, you know, I've bowled a lot of balls now um, over my career and particularly in I've got high confidence in T20 cricket with the ball. But when you haven't batted for a long time, you know, under lights, crowd, all of that stuff, when it's probably not your specialist role, you know, batting, you can feel a bit foreign when you haven't played for 10 weeks. So to go out there and play well um, was a nice feeling. Uh, So I'm pretty confident in my role there.
1: Two fours and one huge six. We know that you can bat, Ash, but have you been working on that power game? Because that one soared over the rope.
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny. I think a couple of years ago, I probably geared my game towards power too much. Um, I focused too much on that. And I think I lost the art of batting, um, which is probably my strength, playing good cricket shots and, and just being sort of a, a natural shot maker. You don't have to try too much to hit the ball over the rope. And I think I got a little bit caught up in that, trying to fill that sort of finishing void um, that was sort of in the team at the time. So now I think I'm striking a bit of a better balance in that space. You know, if the ball's there to hit, obviously you're trying to hit it. But I think in between that, still getting my, you know, ones and twos are so important. You limit your dot balls um, and your strike rate increases. So, yeah, as soon as it's there, I think though, the, the eyes certainly light up and I'm going to have a swing in it. Um, that can go either way sometimes, but last night it went my way.
1: When you hit that one, did you know as soon as it left the bat it was going the distance?
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, It went really high um, and, it, and it felt really nice off the bat, it made a good sound and it's nice to kind of stand there and watch those um, fly away sometimes. But, um, you know, Ish got me in the end. Um, he, he got me out and that's the spinner's game. You know, you're going to get hit for six as a spinner and you're also going to get guys out when they're trying to hit you for six, um, T20 cricket.
1: Now, you had the Kiwis three for 19 and then Devin Conway, what a knock, 99 from just 59 balls. He only qualified for the Kiwis last year. Had you guys heard much about him heading to the series? Did you have enough, I guess, footage to do the homework on him?
2: Yeah, there's definitely the footage is there. Um, Not a whole heap on him um, because he hasn't played a lot for New Zealand, but he played a beautiful innings last night. I think he structured his innings really nicely, had a really nice tempo to start with, was really busy during the middle and then, you know, hit some beautiful boundaries at the back end. And he, he just kept building and building and building through the inning. So that was um, a really nice, pure batting display. Played some really good cricket shots. So that's always good to see. He put on a show um, for the New Zealand crowd. Um, so I'm sure they were very happy with that. Um, you know, 99, massive effort. Samsy did a really good job actually out on the deep cover point boundary. It was pretty nerve wracking, that ball. The crowd was so... Um, so loud, although it was only maybe 10,000 people. Um, the crowd was going bananas. You know, he's on 98 with one ball left and he laced it out to deep cover point. The ground was dewy, really fast. You know, it was like one skip and he, and he pouched it um, perfectly, got it over the stumps and he was on 99. So, yeah,
1: nice innings. Funny game to 20 cricket. You can have a same three for 19 and then concede 180, do you never count your chickens too early in T20
2: cricket? Yeah, you can't. You just have to be really disciplined throughout the whole innings. Um, You know, there's times to attack and defend and you have to be adaptable. Um, You know, we've had a couple of weeks of quarantine, but the guys have come off a lot of big bash cricket and everything like that. So I wouldn't say we're rusty or underdone or anything like that. Um, We probably just didn't play as well as we could have and I'm sure we'd like to play a bit better than that next game and that's all right.
1: Notice this in the Australia India series at the start of the summer, both teams would come out of quarantine then and it looked like their fielding was slightly rusty. Did you find that? Is that the one thing you can't really replicate in the training situation at game time, game situation fielding?
2: It's hard to replicate that. Yep, definitely. I think the crowd brings a B aspect, Um, the lights, the changing conditions to when the ground gets really slippery and just the intensity um, that real game situations bring. So that's always hard. But I think the Australian cricket team always prides themselves on their fielding. Uh, we do a lot of it. You know, Trent Woodhill does a great job with us. So all the practice is there. Um, and I think it's up to us when we get out there to just sort of let go and, and go for it. I think when you've got guys who are attacking the ball and and giving their everything you can you can live with the mistakes because we know that everyone's putting in the work and um you just got to keep attacking the next ball
1: Kiwis were 3 for 19 australia 4 for 19 in the run trace. what's it like in the dugout when wickets are falling like that are you is everyone sort of scrambling not knowing what's going to happen next
2: no no it's not like that i think when maybe when you have a really inexperienced team um, or a team that hasn't played together too much it, it can be like that but realistically Scrambling and panicking does absolutely nothing positive um, for a chase. So everyone was reasonably calm. I think the guys know their roles in the side. But, you know, when you lose a number of wickets in a power play, you're always behind the game straight away, particularly when you're chasing. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's not to say that's where we lost the game, but it never helps. But um, we've got some seriously good batters there, so I'm sure they'll bounce back. It swung around, to be honest. Like it, it swung for the whole power play, even a little bit after the power play. And they've got two great swing bowlers in, in Trent Bolt and Tim Southie there. So they did some damage early on.
1: Yeah, John Richardson spoke about that today. Uh, and I guess you probably don't look at the kookaburra ball for swing as much as the same bowlers. But is it just the luck of the ball? Some, it seems like some white kookaburra balls swing and, and then some don't.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure the, the um, you know, the, the swing... Um, what makes a ball swing, why it swings under certain conditions. I don't know if that's been discovered yet. not sure if it ever will be. But last night the lights came on um, and the ball just started swinging around quite a lot. You know, what looks like a bit of swing on TV feels like a lot of swing when you're actually out there on the ground. Um, And particularly, you know, you expect a ball to swing maybe in the first over in a T20 game, sometimes in the second and then after that's usually done but it certainly kept swinging for a bit longer than that last night. So, yeah, sometimes it can be the ball. I know the fast bowlers take a lot of pride in, in picking the perfect ball, you know, nice and balanced, good seam, all of those little things. Um, and I like a ball that swings as well, because if I'm bowling in the power play, you know, to get an arm ball that really curls in quite nicely is is a really good feeling. So we'll see what happens next game.
1: Speaking of the power play, we saw Adam Zampa bowl on that. You guys have been such a great, successful tandem over the past 18 or so months. Is that a, a move that you guys are going to look to, to do more often, bowl one of you in that power play?
2: I think so. The way we set up our team last night, it was important that we definitely got an over of spin out in the power play. We got such a versatile attack. You know, Marcus Stoinis came in for a few overs there and did a beautiful job. Um, and it's nice to have a lot of guys that you can... Um, chuck the ball to and know that they're going to do a good job. But yeah, I, th- I think um, Zamps and I will, will probably need to be ready most games to bowl an over or so in the power play. And um, we've got our plans. We've spoken about that um, at length um, and it's an exciting role to play. You know, it's they're going to go pretty hard generally. Um, but Zamps, I think his over went for two last night. So as a spinner, a leg spinner, to get out of a power play over for two runs, great effort.
1: Yeah, do you see that the upside of bowling that power play while they, uh, the field is up and you go for more runs, there's also that chance of you getting more wickets? Definitely.
2: And I think that's how you have to look at it. <laughs> um, sometimes bowling defensively is your kind of best attack in a power play as well, um, frustrating the batter, making them move around, making them make the play. Um, it's all dependent on the conditions that you get as well. Um, but it certainly brings about the opportunity you know if they're giving up their stumps or they're um, swinging across the line um, or trying to hit the ball over the infield yeah there you go there's a few modes of dismissal right there.
1: We talk about defensive bowling, is that more like um, darting it in trying to jam up the batter as opposed to flighting the ball, tossing that ball up and tightening the shot. Can you just sort of explain what defensive bowling is?
2: Yeah I think it's um, it's just intelligent bowling so putting the ball where um, the batsman doesn't want it, you know, where they're uncomfortable um, hitting a boundary from. So you know, for lefties, that can be their hip, that can be a ball wide outside the off stump. It looks very different in T20 cricket to what that would look like in a red ball game. But those balls are sometimes the most effective and often in T20 cricket, that's how you build up the pressure and that's how you get your wickets. Um, you frustrate the batsman and then they have to do something they don't want to do they make an error. Um, and I think that's what Zamps and I have done quite nicely you know, over the past 18 months is we work out really quickly what each other's roles are. Um, and generally we work that out after we've each bowled one over. So sometimes I might get a wicket in my first over, sometimes he might get a wicket, or the batsman looked more comfortable against one of us than the other. So we say, okay, one guy might attack and, and look for a few more wickets, maybe set a bit more of an attacking field um, maybe bowl a touch slower uh, and, and try and actually extract a little bit more spin. And then the other one, um, you know, might bowl a little bit more defensively, hold up an end so that they're forced to, uh, you know, attack the other one. And that just brings about wickets. So it's all comes down to communication though. And we get along really well and communicate nicely out in the ground. We've played a lot together now. So it's really fun. Yeah, I love our spin bowling partnership. It's cool.
1: I actually asked this to Adam Zampa, maybe you started last summer down in Canberra. And uh, I said, what's, what's, um, would you prefer as a spin bowler in a T20 game or a bowler in a T20 game? None for 24 off your four overs or two for 36?
2: It's actually really hard to answer, but none for 24 off your four overs. You've done an amazing job. And if you're doing that more often than not, some games you're going to get three for 24 or some days you will get that two for 36, but, um, you probably would take num for twenty four most of the time because you've done a really good job as a spinner. I think. I'm interested to hear what Sams would have said.
1: Yeah, I'm afraid I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure they all went for uh, for fewer runs uh, and the wickets. I guess are a bonus in, in T20 cricket.
2: Yeah, I think as a spinner you want to be able to play both roles. You want to be able to take wickets um, and and tie up and end as such. You know, you only have those four overs to do that, but. That's really um, doing your job, controlling those middle overs. Um, But we've seen now, yeah, like with the addition of spinners bowling in the power play a lot more, um, those figures could go anyway. I guess that's the nature of T20 cricket. So being adaptable as a spinner, um, you know, being able to read the play and work out what's required for the team at that time, that's probably our most important skill.
1: You spoke about uh, the no panic in the side because there are a few uncapped players in the team or one less now after Monday's game. But uh, overall, you guys have played a lot together. Does that help you move on after after a loss and you can just focus on the next game?
2: Absolutely. We've played some really good cricket over the past 18 months and had a lot of good T20 performances. Um, and we know that dwelling on it, over-analyzing um, over, over analysing things, um, panicking, it just gets you nowhere. Um, so we certainly won't be doing that. We didn't do that. Um, we're already looking forward to the next game. You know, we've got a training session tomorrow. Um, some guys will train, some guys won't. You know, we, we had a lot of training through quarantine. So just be a little sharpen up sort of session for a few guys if they feel that way. Um, and then we move in with, the, with a really good attitude into the next game, bring a lot of energy um, and have a good time out there together. And, you know, I think that's our best way of getting win.
1: How's Andrew McDonald's um, role on that? He seems like a pretty cool, calm customer.
2: Yeah, he's super cool. Um, that's probably the best way to describe him. He's a really good problem solver. That's what I've found so far. He He reads the game really nicely, but often his outlook is very simple and that's what you need, I think, when you're under pressure. You know, he talks about, Solving more problems than the opposition, um, and you'll generally win. And I, I really like that that theory, I guess. And after a night like last night, yeah, he was he was very calm, and that's what you want, I think. He's, you know, if, if you're too up and down, it, it can be can be a bit difficult. So you know, especially when you're spending a lot of time away. Sometimes when it's a home tour, it can be a little bit different. But when you're away and you've got all of these other external pressures. I think to keep cricket as consistent um, and simple as possible is the best way forwards. And he does that very nicely.
1: That one less arm player was Josh Philippi, made his international debut. Mitch Marsh gave him his cap. What was that moment like to see one of your Western Australian teammates present another Western Australian teammate, uh, their maiden cap?
2: Beautiful moment. You know, we're obviously really proud of, of Flip. He's an exceptional player as as we've seen in the big bash, you know, the last couple of years, he's, He's beautiful to watch, um, super talented, and now he's really matching that with really good decision-making as well. Like, he matured a lot this year, and that was really noticeable. So he was certain, he's certainly ready to play for Australia um, and fully deserves his Australian cap. And for Mitch to present that to him is, is really special, um, you know, as his captain in Western Australia. Um, I know Mitch was really nervous before he had to do that. Um, But he gave a really nice speech. I think Flip's family was on sort of like a live stream and he said some beautiful words to them, which I'm sure, um, you know, they would have found that very touching. Um, So great moment. You love when someone debuts and and it's a special moment like that.
1: How's he go around the group? He's a young fellow, a lot of experienced players there. Is he his normal self?
2: He is. He is. I think that's his strength. He's just a really good, honest guy who's really happy a lot of the time. And you just see it in his face, you know, like he's got a really big smile and um, he's quite funny. He's confident, um, but also very respectful. So he's just someone you want to have in your team, someone you want to play with. And he's obviously a gun player. So everyone fully backs him in. Um, And to be fair, that's like most of the squad. I think everyone has each other's backs.
1: Uh, Talk about big smiles. I'm sure uh, John Richardson and Riley Meredith had some pretty big smiles last week when they landed those million-dollar IPL contracts. Have those guys changed at all? Have have their demeanors changed?
2: Not one bit, not one bit. Um, If anything, they're probably more quiet because it's probably a bit of a shock um, for them. Incredible, life-changing amounts of money and they deserve it. You know, they're two guys who can push that 150 kilometre an hour mark and they're in high demand. Um, And that's how it is. So um, yeah, they deserve that and they got it. So life-changing amounts of money. I'm sure their families are really proud. Um, I think they're probably still in a little bit of shock. Um, The boys are really happy for them. There are a lot of messages going through the WhatsApp. Um, Obviously Maxi as well went for an enormous amount of money. So you're happy to see your teammates doing well. Um, and you know, you just hope that it gives them the chance to live a better life as well. Um, or a better one than than they're already living. You know, everyone wants to do well, have, have freedom of choice. Um, and I guess money brings that and, you know, you can give your family a good life that way. And I know that's how those guys think. So, um, it won't be getting to their heads. Well said. Uh, did you have a
1: dip at the IPL auction?
2: I didn't. No, I didn't this year. Um, I'm getting married. So I think I would be uh, pretty happy to stay home, get married, and maybe see what happens in next year's IPL auction. I haven't – I've never really had any um, interest, not me personally, as in other teams being sort of interested in me um, in an IPL auction before. So I thought this one was a good one to sit out and – Hopefully I, I'll keep playing well in T20 cricket and maybe get some bites next year. We'll see. Something I'd love to do though.
1: I was going to say, you're know, a left-arm spinner who can bat a bit and there's a gun in the field. Surely you'd be in demand by some of the franchises. I think there's even a new one coming next auction, so you might be able to start for them.
2: Fingers crossed, Matt. I, that's how I'm thinking as well. I would, I would love that to be the case. Um, but you never know. Anything can happen in these auctions as we've seen. They're unpredictable. They're um, unpredictable. So it's probably best not to spend too much time thinking about that sort of outcome and playing your best cricket and, um, you know, that'll be a nice little little bonus. Yeah, definitely focus on the marriage this year.
1: Uh, what are you expecting uh, for Thursday's game in Dunedin? It's a, it's a day game, but I think it's going to be pretty chilly down there.
2: It's going to be freezing. We hopped off the plane today. It was a beautiful day. I think it's almost 30 degrees when we got on the plane. Hopped off, still pretty warm. And I said to Dorf, I was like, oh, gee, it's not as cold as they were. They were telling us, and he um, got the weather app out. Maximum of 13 degrees during the day. I think 2 o'clock is the game start, and that's that's the max. So um, it could be finishing at about 8 degrees or something like that by the time the game finishes. So the hand warmers will be out. You'll see guys in big jumpers and the vest, um, probably warming up in the beanies, um, something we're not really used to, these cold conditions. But... You know, you've got to go out and give it your best crack.
1: You reckon uh, New Zealand are going to try and keep up the momentum, put the foot on the throat there? And then how do you guys revert uh, the outcome of game one into game two?
2: I think just not even thinking about game one and just going into game two as a new game, a new opportunity. You've got to look forwards all the time. Um, You can learn. As long as you learn from what's happened before, then you just look forwards um, and implement the plans or the lessons that you've learned from the first game into the second. Um, and it's as simple as that. Obviously, they'll be looking to win the next game, but um, we probably, we've probably we had a good look at them now. We know what they're going to bring, and I think we'll bring a better version of ourselves next game. So that's all you can do. Be positive. You know, It's another chance to do something really good.
1: Last one for you. Uh, most Australian nicknames speak for themselves. Dorf, Berendorf, uh, Flip philippi uh where does larry come from
2: man that's a very good question um it's like it's something of myth you know it's one of those mythical stories where you never really know or not um so we'll 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 leave it as that myth but uh yeah It, it was bizarre bizarre i actually don't really know how it came about but it stuck so there's a lot of there's a lot of theory out there there's a lot of theory out there so i'll let i'll let people take their guesses
1: well it's been around for a while it's not a new thing i just uh keep hearing i could never find one kind of connection at all
2: well that's that's the thing i don't even know so i don't know how other people are going to work it out
1: all right well mate uh, thank you very much for uh talking to us today and all the best for the rest of the tour and your marriage this year thanks a lot mate. appreciate it That's it for this week's episode of the Unplayable Podcast. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And for all your breaking news, live scores, and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app.